DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, PK, we got a lot of people weighing in on the draft. We can take their takes, see how they mesh with our takes, see if uh, people have uh, anything to say on... uh, I guess there's multiple fronts you can go to on these draft picks and see what they had to say. Brandon. Brandon does not want to pass judgment right now. I see some trades incoming. He wants to see all the pieces of the puzzle and see how they fit together. You see well, trades? that's on the team. We're talking about the draft, though. Yeah. You see trades incoming? Right. But some people are going to judge the draft and say, well, you had a need here. You didn't answer. Well, we've heard multiple people say, don't draft for need. Arguably, maybe the Jazz did a little bit of that. We can get into that. Uh, but they may be planning on answering that need with a free agent or draft, and then you'll be like, oh, I didn't want you the draft. I want you to get the best player available. Well, yeah, but uh, even with the trade, can these guys play? Now, if they're traded away... What do you get back? Then that's another another something that you would evaluate. I understand yeah. it's another data point. But right now, they're on the team. Can they play? Were they good draft picks? That's the fun part of it. We all do it. You're not going to offend anybody. Dennis Lindsay's not going to be offended if we think, boy, that was a reach or what have you. But that, because we're discussing the team. It's all for fun. That's what we as fans do. We have fun with it. I think this was a great pick. This was a bad pick, what have you. Uh, th- they're fine with that. They would be upset if we weren't talking about it. That That's where you have the issue. Once you're talking about it, man, you're good to go. And we've all, we all do this every year in this town and across the country, really, in all NBA cities. Were these good draft picks? What do you like? What you don't like? That's what it's about. And if they should get traded, so be it. But usually on those draft day trades, or excuse me, one with a Literally, it would be a draft day trade, but usually when trades involve draft picks, it, it's it's immediate. So I don't anticipate in the short term these guys being traded. My expectation is both these young fellows will be here when camp opens in a couple of weeks. Vance is all about it. He says great selections, plural. He's loving himself some Elijah too. The wing spots, okay. are, the wing spots are kind of crowded. You know, to love it, he's got to get into the rotation, and that's that's a hard thing to do. Uh, if he does it, so then it's out, outstanding. Roy, uh, wasn't it the same thing for Royce O'Neal? Yeah, and he got there. Right. Don't you see similarities in these two physically? Uh, there, you know, the fact that he's six, that Elijah's six six and moves so well. Yeah, if he really, if he really wants to defend. Um, you know, it's going to be different than college. They're playing a matchup zone at Syracuse, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. It looks like physically he's built to do it. Well, do you want – no, it's not a question of do you want to defend. Do you want to play NBA basketball? Because <laughs> you have to defend if you're going to play NBA basketball. Right. Yeah. And, you know, unless you're some superstar who can get away with it, but this kid knows full well he's going to have to battle and find his way, which is just great, man. I love that. And I hope he succeeds because I view that in myself. I've said it a million times. And there's a slew, a world of doubters out there. And you get this opportunity to show them. And, boy, it is sweet when you get there. It really is. And I'm speaking from firsthand experience. I guess. And for 
Go ahead. I, I guess I, I guess the thing with uh, that that I'm curious about here is why did he slip to the second round? Nineteen. Okay. 19 points, 19 points a game, five rebounds. Uh-huh. His assists went up to three and a half. He became much more of a playmaker, distributor. Okay, he's an older guy. They trust him with the ball. They put it in his hands. You can kind of see why he does that, but he more than doubled them. So I'd have to see the roster makeup from a year before and who they lost and who they added and all that. Right? Well, there's a couple of things here. You know, he's going up against as an older guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, you're going up against guys who are three, four years younger than you because you're in the league, the ACC, which in my mind is generally regarded, there may be exceptions, but generally regarded as the best college basketball league historically that we have in this country. So they, the point is you've got a lot of one-and-dones coming out of that league, and so you've got maybe some maturity, some size advantage that you certainly won't have in the NBA. You're not, you got good size, but it's not like you're going to have this overwhelming size advantage and maturity advantage. In fact, it could be the absolute opposite. Now, that's a legitimate question. If this kid is worthy, why did he slip? What's going on? Now, we'll have his college coach on, as I understand it, Jim Beheim, one of the legendary names in college basketball, on the air tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. So we can ask Jimmy B that very, very question of, about that. You know, what, what, what was going on? And what, what was the deal as far as him coming out of college? He's going to East Carolina, which is not a brand name in basketball. And then he goes in ahead and he transfers to Syracuse, which is a brand name in college basketball, right? I mean, they, we, we know that. So a lot of questions to be answered and to be asked, really. And we'll, we'll get some answers from Jim, Coach Beheim, off the top. But then we get that's, – that's the great thing about it, man. If we're fans of a particular sport, and we all are in this case, the Jazz, we get to watch it unfold. And we get to see it. And we'll know full well. Time will tell whether these things were great, whether they were good, whether they were bad. And we'll start finding out a month from Sunday because that's when the NBA season tips off. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, we've got more people uh, weighing in here. What did you think of the Jazz draft picks? Uh, Philly 3 thou says, no comment. <laughs> what do you mean, no comment? No comment. That's the last thing I want. Which is literally a comment. <laughs> I'd rather it be negative than give me no comment because no comment sort of screams negative. It does. Yeah. He didn't like didn't like the picks. Well, then tell me why not. Didn't do it. Me... No comment. Two periods. Done. Because it does say something. You're absolutely right. It is a comment with the no comment. But I want more meat to it. I want to know why. Uh, Aaron says I was more excited Sam Merrill got drafted. To be honest. Yeah, good for him. He's a local kid. Went on a mission. Battled his way, and yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. We'd love to see that, and hopefully he can stick in the league. No no guarantees in the second round. Literally no guarantees in the second round. You can hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. On Twitter, David DJ James. 855-340-ZONE. We could take calls old school style. Also, uh, new school. Grab your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your take. 15 seconds. Yak will get it on the air. Uh, Craig says, it seems like a great fit to back up Gobert. Uh, maybe we re, uh, says, then we cleared up space to re-sign Clarkson. If we keep Bogdanovich healthy, I like our odds. Odds for what? 
<laughs> he doesn't say that. I would assume top four in the West. Uh, that's the immediate goal. Yeah. Top four in the West win a first-round series. Uh, There are a lot of question marks. we got coaching changes. we got personnel changes. And we may be about to have more personnel changes. So saying anything definitive when free agency, uh, allegedly, they can start talking tomorrow, although I'm pretty sure that's already going on. Uh, But by Sunday, we ought to have deals. Who's moving? Who's going where? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And reported deals. These things tend to happen quick. And, uh, you know, I know the Jazz, they, with the Hayward thing, they don't want to go last anymore. They want to go first uh, with their own guys. And uh, the other guys they've got uh, ideas upon, they want to jump in there, you know, because the, the waiting on the Hayward, they end up losing some good players who signed elsewhere, and they don't want to go through that again. So you want to be proactive. And if somebody doesn't want you, then move on to the next guy uh, because that next guy might even be better. The way you, you never really know. It may end up be better than the first guy. Your first priority. I mean, just look at Hayward. An absolute disaster for him going to Boston in terms of his career development. If if uh, you know he got his money, but his career stalled, and at, at best it stalled. It may have even gone backwards. Backwards. I go is, with. I go with backwards. Some yeah. of that has contributed to the injury for sure, but the situation didn't turn out near that he thought, and now he's he's basically an overpaid journeyman. <laughs> Really, when you, when you think about it, where he left as an all star, so and ever, and then, and then sure enough, as we know the story, the Jazz rebounded very well by bringing in somebody who was uh, more dynamic in Mitchell. So, power props to them for doing that here. So they're they're going to be active, yeah, because I I think they got a shot here. I don't. I, I got to wait until I see before I say I like their odds. But I think I think they got right now. You're looking to contend with the Lakers, as far as I'm concerned. That's the, that's the immediate goal. Can we give the Lakers a run for their money? All the teams in the West who view themselves as some form of a contender are asking that same question because the Lakers look like they're the best. And adding Schroeder here, I think, makes them a better team. than I think they're a better team today than they were uh, a, a few weeks back when they won the title. So how do you compete with them and let's see what the product is and then too you know we've got trade deadlines so we don't even know what that product is as far as changing right because the Clarkson edition was just absolutely massive and so whatever is in December it may not be in when's the trade deadline is it March now Did they uh, you know back? I don't I don't know what they've done with it this season I, Yach hasn't seen a date either but um, to your point that whatever it is on December 22nd by January 22nd or February 22nd it could be different yeah and for the Jazz it was a massive and they don't difference they don't seem to wait for the deadline and want to get caught in an auction you know the the Clarkson deal was well in advance of the trade oh, deadline sure. yeah. and the uh if you go back there was um who else did they bring in? They brought in somebody else in a way early trade. And then they didn't do anything at the deadline. They said, we made our deal back then. Uh-huh. Are you talking what, this past year? No, no, no. It was a couple years ago. It'll come to me what move it was. Sorry, I'm in draft mode. Draft mode, yeah. And you get in draft mode. I mean, it's so hard to just switch off and get out of draft mode. So, <laughs> per the NBA's website, they actually haven't listed when the trade deadline is going to take place. So it might still be under negotiation. It was, yeah. It was Kyle Korver. Kyle Corver was a okay. was a very early. There, I'm out of I, draft mode. I, I knew you could get out. Of I draft had to double clutch, but I got out of draft mode. <laughs> hey, Jordan double clutched over Elo and it worked. See, good comparison. <laughs> I agree. That's Jordan like of me. 
Just ask me. I'll tell you. Or I'll let you do it. <laughs> so, yeah, double clutching, as long as you get the job done, who cares how you get it done, man? That's all that matters. Yeah. That's the great thing about pro sports, too. You know, did you get the job done? And it's so fun to be involved with it and to follow a team to this degree to see, do you like this? Do you like Doak as a player? I think it surprised me to an extent, but I believe he can come in and make a contribution. And that's what you're looking for. And it's not like you drafted third. (laughs) You know, you're drafting 27th. I think that everything we say should be, that should be the background. We're, mm-hmm. we're, whether something's really good or really bad, it's really good at 27 and 39. You know, what, what is the history of the NBA when you're picking in the middle third of a 60-player draft? You know, if you get somebody who can contribute, and they don't even have to contribute right away, if you get someone who contributes after a couple of years, it's a win. See, I don't look at the history of the draft that way because that means you're assigning me other people's failures, and I don't like that. The way I look at it, whatever you draft, pick the number, mm-hmm. 1 through 60, where there uh, obviously 60, you can't be anybody. I guess, well, actually you could on free agents. Were there guys after that that you could have had that you didn't take? Well, we just did. We just redrafted. If you weren't with us earlier in the show, we drew, redrafted twenty seventeen because it's uh, three years ago. You start to get a good read on it, and it's an interesting draft because the Jazz just moved a draft pick from that draft when they moved Bradley. And were there players behind Bradley? Yes. Were there very many players behind Bradley? No. I don't really look at them as other people's failures. There were going to be another uh, with DeBrad- Bradley with twenty eight, I think, right? So there were going to be another thirty two picks. So were there thirty failures, or were there just there were only two guys left who could who could play, and yeah, had to go draft somebody? Yeah, I understand that, but to me, it's it's what I used back in my uh, horse racing days. You always saw it. Spent a lot of time at the at the racetrack growing up as a kid, to where guys, uh, horse whatever, would win, and then you'd see the 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 true. Uh, I don't want to professionals or the guys who knew what they're doing they study the racing form mm-hmm. what did they miss yeah what didn't they see and yep. you have to do this at this level too i mean these guys are doing that absolutely nothing that we're telling them that they don't know they about. already do and it what, yeah what what did they what didn't they see because that's how you improve you improve through okay this didn't work out what where where did we fail is too strong of a word but where did we miss because you can get a good player but there could be a better player a couple of plays, uh, a couple of players behind you, right? Well, that's what so, we just went through with that 2017 draft. Not everybody who went in front of Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo uh, sucked. You know, there's some nice NBA players there, and, and they're good players, but they're not Mitchell and not Adebayo. So it could have been an upgrade. You know, we were Shabazz talking- Muhammad. You remember that name? I do. How can you forget that name? It's too many Z's. To oh forget. yeah, and he was supposed to be all that, yeah. and in, in, in high school and. And guys were calling him. I think Greg Anthony called him a once-in-a-generational player. Somebody did. And if it's not Greg Anthony, I apologize. But the draft, draft, the Jazz drafted him. Now he was traded immediately to Minnesota at 14 in the 2013 draft. And you know who was sitting there at 15? Who? Antetokounmpo. Boom! <laughs> that might have worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should someone that? have been picking Luke Kennard when Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo were on the board? 
or Otto Porter Jr. Anthony, and that was the year the Cavs picked Anthony Bennett. Number uh, one. Uh, number one. Uh, Alex Len, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Norland's Noel, Ben Mackle, Macklemore, Trey Burke, the Jazz picked it, uh, they, so they made that trade, Minnesota, and he went nine. And six picks later was Ante Tacumbo. I kind of think he would go number one in this if he <laughs> did that draft. Not, the Jazz scored Gobert in that draft because he went 27. So good on you on that one, man. You got that one right. And he was a trade, obviously. Yeah. But uh, talking about second-round picks and people who go after 27, you know, who else is on the board? Who else do you like in that draft? Who's turned out to be anything? How old Neto, actually, at 47, turns out to be Neto a pretty good Neto was the best second-round pick. Pretty good the latest pick. best second-round yeah. pick, yeah, because he's still in the league. Yep. So I, I actually looked that up last night. Uh, to see and and Neto jumped out at you, so that was that was a really good pick by the by the Jazz. A couple of the guys that played some, Glenn Rice Jr. Uh, Withy played in the league a little bit, but other than that, it wasn't really a great uh, second yeah. round. So I don't really look at that as failures. Like twenty seven of those guys had to be picked. There were three guys. Right, that's why I said failure is too strong of a word yeah. sometimes. Right, Anthony Bennett. Failure is not strong enough. <laughs> That's a different deal. That's pick number one. Right. With Oladipo on the board and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert. The, the three guys who would probably go one, two, three now went two, 15, and 27. Dennis Schroeder was in the draft. There's a, there's a good player. He's a good player, yeah. Uh, he's, he's That's seven, what I said. I think the Lakers are pick. better today than they were three weeks ago or last month whenever they won their tournament. Yeah. Steven Adams at 12, that was a good pick. Jazz Adams worked, is a very good pick. Yeah. Jazz worked both those guys out uh, who went 12 and 17. Uh, they yeah. ended up taking Trey Burke, uh, but they worked both those guys out. I was at those workouts. Yeah. Steven Adams is a really interesting guy. He was a really good interview. He was sizing us all up while he was giving us good answers. You could see it. You could feel it. It was really interesting. It was really different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, a lot of draft talk, but also for you Ute fans, we had Ryan Abraham on from uscfootball.com. His take on that game, uh, two or three key matchups that he's watching that he thinks will determine it and who he picked to win and why. Next, stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Judoka Azubuki with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What do you think about playing alongside Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell? Is that something that gets you excited? Oh, man, I'm so excited to go out there and walk with Rudy, walk with Donovan Mitchell. Um, Mitchell, I started Rudy, you know, like just picking his brain as a two-time defensive player of the year. I mean, like, I know that, you know, just learning from Rudy, like a guy like Rudy, is really going to help my game a lot. And um, I'm so excited to learn from Mitchell and, you know, his brand and what he brings to the table and what he can do. Like, I'm just excited to learn from this superstar. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh man, I'm so excited to go out there and walk with Rudy, walk with Denver Mitchell. Started Rudy, you know, like just picking his brain as a defensive, you know, like defensive mind player, player of the year, two-time defensive player of the year. I mean, like I know that, you know, just learning from Rudy, like a guy like Rudy is really going to help my game a lot. I'm so excited to learn from Mitchell and, you know, his brain and what he brings to the table and like what he can do. Like I'm just so excited to learn from this, you know, just superstar. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. 
There's Udoka Azubuike, or as PK likes to call him, Doke. That's what he Doke. goes by. Doke. Yeah. 27th pick in the draft. He's watched Rudy Gobert. He's studied Gobert. Now he'll be a Gobert's teammate. He wants to pick his brain and learn even more because he views him the same, views himself the same way at the defensive end of the floor. A rim protector. Not really a rim protector, we've been told. A paint protector. He's big. He's well, mobile. He can move. He's agile. Yeah, they think he's going to be able to defend the NBA pick and roll. I don't think you really know that until you do it. But he's got the mobility, so it looks like there's a decent chance because obviously everybody wants to get the big guy, put him in a pick and roll, and make him take him off the floor. <laughs> you, get out of here. We, we've totally annihilated you. Get out. Leave us an easier path to the yeah. hoop. Really, this young man is going to determine, it sounds cliche-ish, but what's his work ethic? Now he's shooting 41% from the free throw line. Oof. He can spin it, but that sucks. And that sucks, and it means that Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert better stay healthy because then what do they do at the end of games? And you don't want to close games well, with Davis. Well, was talking about how a lot of those were N1s, which means you already got the two points. And that's great, but I'd- I want the three points. Yeah, but even aside from that, how do you play? Him, how do you play him at the end of games? Because then you get uh, it's hack a shack all over again. Well, it's hack a dog. Okay, and I read. Uh, I went. I read one anonymous scout say he watched him in warmups, and he thinks it's a case of the nerves. In, in the games in Kansas, Kansas basketball because their football sucks is such a big, big deal. You know, I've been back there, and it's huge. deal. we all know it? Uh, so there's a lot of pressure, a lot of attention. Bad news. So, <laughs> the Jazz are what? a big deal. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of attention. Okay, but the good thing is that the scout feels like there can be some massive improvement there once he gets his confidence. The point being, the shot is not broken in the way you watch some of these guys get up at the line, and it's cringeworthy. Yeah. And so now's your time, man. There's no reason why you're not shooting 500 free throws a day. What else you got to do? And so get in that gym. My whole point is uh, get in that gym, get in, get where you need to be, and work, work, work. So I would think that can improve. I mean, Gobert wasn't all that, and Gobert still needs to be better, but he's made some big free throws. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he's improved, and he's improved because he worked. He's definitely made progress. It's better than it was. Uh, everybody wants more. I guess you always want more, but want him over seventy percent, which hasn't yeah hasn't I mean, hasn't happened yet. The higher, the better. Yeah, but he came in at uh, to your point. He came in at forty eight and a half percent. So the fact that he's shot sixty seven and sixty nine percent the last two years is a big step forward. Yeah, exactly. So we talked uh, jazz with uh, Craig Bowlerjack this morning, hit on several things, and one of them is uh, the jazz traded out of the second round, which I got to admit was a, a total curveball for me, PK. I did not see that coming when they dumped the 38th pick. And then another curveball when they moved right back in at 39. But I think what drove that is they needed to move Tony Bradley and they needed a roster spot. So... Detroit's yeah, like, why should I we love... take him? We'll give you a second round pick. Okay, now we got to go get a second round pick because we got a guy they want, and that guy turned out to be a Syracuse guy. I love the pick here. It's not a curveball. It's high hard chin music, man. Getting Elijah Hughes. Go to work, son. 
This is the t- this is the chance of your life. What are you going to make of it? That's the way it's got to be presented. And if you make something of it, good on you. If you don't, it's probably all on you. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, John Hollinger. Seems to be a guy who is uh, noteworthy. I'm a big fan here and had a first-round grade on Hughes. He has good size for a wing, a decent shot, and showed the ability to handle the ball and make plays. By far the best player left on the board. Oh, man. Did you not get tingly there? <laughs> Hollinger, if you didn't follow him, was a media guy, analytics guy, got brought into uh, the Memphis organization, was there for several years, so then he's on the basketball side there. Now he's out and he's back doing the analytics and uh, media in the media again. So that is, uh, yeah, it's good to hear that. And if it pans out, now the best guy on the board, I guess that's relative. Everything is relative. That was something we heard in the press conference last year, the media uh-huh. availability. Everything is relative. Uh, I'm, I'm curious why he slipped, and I think it's probably he's older. I, it, going through everything that we're able to read and hear and see, that's like the one thing that is often a red flag that he's definitely got to wear. Okay, you're a four-year college guy. You played three. You redshirted the one when you travel. Was he a late bloomer then in high school? Is that way he ends up at East Carolina? We'll find this out tomorrow morning. We'll talk with uh, Syracuse coach Jim Beheim, who had him for the last two years. And, uh, had him for three years. Had him for three, right. The redshirt year. Then he plays uh, two seasons. And you can see the upgrade. He is. Because speaking of people who have improved his uh, free throw shooters from 68 to 74 to 81%. Okay, you have my attention. Uh, the field goal percentage, 43 with 34% from three. So not quite the shooting you want, but 6'6", athletic. If you think you're – his shot looks – it looks decent. It passes the eyeball test. You were talking like awkward, cringeworthy. You know, sometimes you look at guys and you're like, wow, his release point is down in his chest. That's wrong. Or his elbow is way out to the side. What is that? Some guys have a big hitch in the motion and you know, the shot almost stops on the way up. There's nothing obvious like that. So maybe they figure the development people can, uh, can tweak that. If they do, then I get why you're getting chills and Hollinger's going nuts. If- yeah, and if he shot 40-something from three, he wouldn't be on a Jazz anyway. He wouldn't have been available at that pick for sure. So the three-point percentage and the number of years he was in school, those are the two big red flags. Nine, 19 points, five rebounds, three and a half assists. Great pre- numbers. Yeah. Or good enough minimum. If you want to go great, maybe great's too strong, but good enough. I'm interested now, what do you do? What's in your heart? Where do you go from here? What yeah. do you want to do to make yourself into an NBA player? Because... You know, the world we're living in, so many people are unemployed today, and it's so up and down and upheaval. And this young man, Mr. Hughes, you were just presented with the opportunity literally of a lifetime. Yeah. Literally. What are you going to do with it? That's that's the only thing that matters now. You are presented with this just, oh, my gosh. You realize how many people would love to have this? And what are you going to do with it? That's where it's at. Where are you going from here? And I don't know the kid, obviously, so I don't know what's in his heart. But what are you going to do? Because there's no reason why you don't get better. 
everybody at 22 years of age and and he's old i guess that drives me nuts he's literally hear you wipe your face i know it's driving nuts i've seen you do that like a hundred times if i can get 10 years if i can get eight years out of this kid till he's 30 and he gives me eight productive years that's great man that's way better than the average anyway so there's plenty of time for him to show his stuff here and i i would i mean i'm older now and I, and i see things way differently obviously but I just love to get to these kids and just say, guys, man, you have got the opportunity of a lifetime. Okay, but he's, what the freak are you going to do with it? I know I know the Jazz and lots of other NBA teams and NFL teams and Major League Baseball teams, they want to know who's around somebody. You know, That's one of the things they, I think college recruiters ask that. Who's his go-to you know, uh, mom or dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, coaches, teachers, mentors, you know, who has an influence? And we were talking about this early. You read his Wikipedia page. His dad is an information technology at uh, IBM. His mom is a counselor at a methadone clinic. He had a sister who played college hoops. He's six to seven kids. High school coach, college coach. Somebody has to have told him this, PK. I mean, you read the family background, and it's just a question of how much does he hear it, how much does he absorb it. But I want to tell him. Okay, all right, right. Well, we'll set that up then. You go you go stake out the driveway over there because the campus is closed. You're not going in. They've done all that because when I was working for the Watchdog, I had NBA people call me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. This is standard issue stuff. And they would say, tell me about... And we know the kids who went to the NBA off the Utes, and I was on that beat for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, And I got calls, and they would ask me. They don't need me to evaluate their, their talent. No. Yeah. And my wife gets it now as a high school teacher. Absolutely. That's she why gets put, it from the colleges. And that's who I was thinking <laughs> of when I put teachers on the list. You know, to BYU recruiters have been in there talking to her. I assume the Utah and Utah State Recruiters are in there talking to her or other teachers, too. In your wife's case, she's looking for recruiters to go over and give them a piece of her mind. <laughs> it's, it's a Kinahan kind of thing. I have an opinion, and you're going to hear it. Uh, they approach her, and she, she knows these kids. And she it's knows. going back. It went back. I mean, she you know somebody she in junior me, high, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she told me kids like, like this young Barton kid here. At uh, who plays for Brighton? He's going to be the next Barton superstar. She told me, like in the sixth, seventh grade, okay, this kid's golden. This kid is an incredible kid, and uh, and and he's got it, it just. No, I'm not talking about as an athlete. I'm talking about as a kid. That's that's the, the the pros can evaluate the player, man or woman themselves. I'm talking about the kid, and she yeah. told me early on. So this kid's only a junior. And he's going to run through, and we're going to be hearing about him over the next several years. And, and that's what it takes. Because if you've got any other issues in your life, and I think that, that was the essence of the Austin Collie quote with the magic happens. If you've got issues in your life that are just so overwhelming and they're detracting from you, you can't reach whatever potential you are and what you can become. That was the essence of his quote. Not that God favors BYU over Utah. That wasn't what he was saying. He was talking about BYU and the problems that they had had before and how those problems got away from that. They got away from that, and they had everybody going to where they needed to go. That was one of Bronco's greatest jobs that he did, was getting everybody going where they needed to go, and it made such a massive difference. And that's the thing here, and hopefully these two kids that they just bring in, that's where they are, because then whatever potential they got, they can get there.
We talked with Ryan Abraham earlier, uscfootball.com, about the Utah-USC game. There's a few things that have jumped out at, uh, at both of us as we watch these first two games. They have given up 416 yards rushing. Now, you always figured Kyle was going to try to run the ball anyway, right? But yep. now you've got to assume, wow, what an opportunity. Here's a team giving up over 200 yards a game. Ryan talked about the linebackers. He really thinks that's where the issue is. Uh, we also talked about USC's NFL-caliber quarterback, their NFL-caliber receivers. Had a good laugh because uh, USC, uh, the University of Spoiled Children, their fan base is upset because there's only three or four NFL receivers instead of the five or six that they believe is their birthright. Nonetheless, that passing game is is. That looks really good, uh, but he did say the line is untested against a D-line, the quality the Utes usually provide. It's the first game. We assume they have it again, but we haven't seen it yet. So can the Utes get pressure on the quarterback and disrupt that pass game? He thinks there's an opportunity there. Ultimately, he picked SC, and the biggest thing it came down to was they've played two games, and the Utes are going to be playing their first one. And that just sets you up for mistakes at key times that can cost you what is normally a close game. Oh, yeah, the Utes have some unknowns, and the Trojans have two games of knowns. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, that's what we've been talking about. When we come back, your feedback, a lot of people tweeting at us. We will get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I am so stoked for Azabuki. He's the Nigerian Jesus. Bring it on. Go Jazz. I haven't been able to listen as much the past few days because of work stuff, but have you guys talked about DJ winning the best sports reporter for City Weekly again? Will he ever be dethroned? Probably only retirement will do that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, suck. I'm so pissed. Are you really texting her right now? I should. (laughs) That was you jail. won that damn thing again. I really have no comment. <laughs> City Dumpling is back on top. This is getting to be a friggin' joke. Friggin' joke. <laughs> You're not that good. You're a hell of a guy, no doubt about it. But come on. <laughs> Spread it around. Jordan didn't win the freaking thing every year, and he's the best player of all time. I should go to Birmingham and play baseball. Just for a couple of years, and I'll come back. <laughs> oh, 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 my goodness. I was hoping somehow they would suspend it this year in the pandemic. Holy freak. Tom tweeted at us <laughs> on the question, what's your reaction to the Jazz drafting as of weekend, Hughes? I loved it. When conventional wisdom, and what better oxymoron to describe Twitter GMs, says go right, then the true visionaries go left, just made the Jazz a lot tougher. A lot tougher. Because I think most of the minutes are going to go to the team that played last year. Well, yeah, but they had a huge deficiency when Gobert was off the floor. I mean, that was obvious. So they're trying to shore up that minimally, right? But that means you're drafting for need, which I thought no one was supposed to do. Or best player met need in a perfect moment. Well, that's what we talked about yesterday. Yes, that's literally what that is if that comes to pass. So, and I guess now you have to hope the other guys suck. (laughs) U-State Iceman says, how long has it been 
since the Aggies sent a first-round player in the draft in football and basketball. The Aggies, a first-rounder in the NBA and the NFL. I think they sent out a release. Basketball hadn't had a player drafted uh, since, I think it was 86. It was a long time. first-rounder. Yeah. Second-rounder. Dang it. (laughs) So... When's the last time the Aggies had a first and a second rounder? Okay, when's the last time they had a first rounder in football, second rounder in basketball that went to the same state? Wisconsin. Hello. How about that? Yeah. An odd combination if ever there was one. That is cheesy. (laughs) See what I I did there? (laughs) That nah, that wasn't good. Oh, I'm sure. If you're judging it by the City Weekly friggin' Sportscast of the Year, it wasn't good. I get that, my friend. But I can't measure up to that standard. Year after year after year, does anybody in this community consider the burden that I have to bear every day of going in with the greatest of all time? The Jerry Rice, the MJ, the Rafael Nadal, the Serena Williams, the Jack Nicholas, the Tiger Woods. Does anybody consider my plight and how difficult it is to measure up to that every single day? No! Scotty Pippen does. Greg Grant. Utah State, 1986. Sixth round draft pick. There isn't even a sixth round anymore. 132nd guy chosen. Saw the last Aggie. Alright, we're out of time. An Aggie's coming up. He'll tell you more about that. He'll have all the Aggie resource for you. Scotty G coming up with hands, and hands will be really mad about the football schedule. It'll be great. They're next for four hours right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.